Hello, my name is Marion Rose, and today on the podcast I have the lovely Joss Golden again. And in fact, I don't never know how to pronounce your name. Is it Golden or more like Golden? Yeah, no, it's it is yeah. Golden. Um, who is an aware parenting instructor, and we have had some conversations here on this podcast before, but uh, about this topic, which is aware parenting and natural learning. But before it was more like one of us asking the questions of the other. And this time we are coming in to really more have a, a two-way, free-flowing, honest conversation. <laughs> so um, we're here. Welcome, Jos. Thank you, Marion. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Yay. Um, and we, we were talking before that we really want to preface this conversation with deep compassion and empathy for any and all feelings that might show up for you as you listen to this um, natural learning and aware parenting are really different ways of being with children and all human beings and given that most of us grew up in what I call the disconnected domination culture it can be really natural and normal for us to have big feelings hearing about different ways of doing things um, and I think we really want to just send love and deep acceptance for whatever whatever anyone chooses around their parenting and learning journey. And that we really want to speak honestly and freely here about our perceptions and perspectives alongside the deep compassion for whatever you decide to, to choose in your own journey. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yay. So um, I was going to start with um, a couple of stories around around shifting perceptions. I think that's happening so much in the world I'm experiencing at the moment. And um, for me, there was a uh, there were a couple of moments where I really saw my cultural conditioning around learning, and I saw that things were different to how I thought they'd been. And one of them was when I came across uh, Peter Gray's work. He talks about the history of schooling. Um, and I always thought, you know, schools were just like the way things are. And, you know, there's obviously something, you know, that they need to be there. And, you know, children need school to learn. And um, when I actually read his work and understood the history of the schooling system and um, how it came out of a particular set of uh, a particular time, particular set of beliefs um, often religious beliefs I think uh, you know it was in Prussia you would probably remember all the names of the people in Prussia was one of the places wasn't it and um, quite a lot to do with um, the Puritans in America my understanding is so it was really a way to um, I'm going to say inculcate a set of beliefs to children and then that it also uh, was taken up, particularly in the Industrial Revolution, of being a way to train people when they're young to get, you know, go to work at a certain time, clock in, stay there for a certain time and, you know, do what they were told to do. And I think once I saw that, I could not unsee it. And it was just so obvious and clear to me. And I was a bit flabbergasted that I couldn't, that I hadn't seen that before. Because as we were saying earlier, that, you know, when I went to school, it's just like I didn't even know there was a thing called homeschooling. I didn't think, I didn't even think of it in historical context. It's just like children go to school. That's just how the world is. Mm. Um, and I know that you read his book and have the, your lovely story about finding it. You want to share anything about that journey for you? Yeah, I, and I totally agree with everything that you're saying too about that that um, indoctrination, really, and what a clever and um, effective system school is in terms of turning out people who follow the rules and cooperate and do as they're told and accept punishments and accept rewards and um, get used to the idea that we should be comparing each other, comparing ourselves to each other and that our value is quantifiable in terms of exams and all that kind of thing. So yeah, absolutely. And Peter Gray's work is really interesting. My son was actually at a kindy for the first year of his school years. Um, and we had discovered homeschooling, like you say, it wasn't something that was that we knew about previously, but we hadn't quite had the courage to take the leap, but we kept thinking about it, and our son wasn't very happy at school, and we had to stay with him at school. Uh, well, we chose to stay with him at school because that's what he wanted, and the more time we spent at school, the more time we could see what was going on in the school that we didn't like, and um, the school was having a sale to raise money because it was a small community school, and 
um, the following week after the sale, there were still some books left in the boxes. And one of the teachers said, oh, go and have a look through the boxes, see if there's anything that you want. And I picked up a book by Peter Gray called Educating Your Child at Home. And I thought, well, this is a sign. We've been thinking about doing this for so long. Here I found this book. And um, yes, so that was it. We then pulled our son out of school and started homeschooling. And he's now 18. And We've, we've gone through the whole process that way. But, yeah, so I, I like to think of Peter Gray as being pretty um, pretty foundational, <laughs> foundational in terms of the decisions that we made as well. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember other pivotal moments as well where you, where you saw things in different ways, you know, in terms of the unconditioning or unschooling process? Yeah, I remember listening to an interview um, it, was, it wasn't that long ago, actually, so I was well into this way of thinking by then, but I listened to an interview with a man whose name I've forgotten, but he is uh, the leading um, entomologist in the world, and he's an expert in um, small insects, and he's written lots of books, and he's got several PhDs, and he's very well respected and well regarded. Um, and he was talking about his experiences at school and how he hated being at school. He was constantly being... Um, judged um, for being no good that he would never amount to anything and that he couldn't concentrate and that he was a bad student and all the rest of it and he said a pivotal moment for him was when he got a school report that said um, that this boy is just unable to concentrate he even gets distracted by a fly and he's now gone on to spend his life dedicated to studying flies and other insects and is the leading specialist in the world on it. And yet at school, he had to endure that as somehow a, a negative criticism of, of, um, of his passion. Um, and yeah, I have so many examples in my own life too of experiences at school where there were things that I was really interested in and passionate about that I wasn't allowed to pursue. Um, but even that word wasn't allowed. You know, I always talk about allowed being a key word used by the disconnected domination culture. If ever my, my son uses it and I say, you, you know, that word is used to, to help you um, believe that you don't have power in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, carry absolutely. on. <laughs> yeah, so there are lots of examples of that. I mean, you know, rules that we had to follow that were ludicrous and, and unpleasant and, and often um, really painful as well and um, sort of bullying and awful. But um, in terms of just in following your passions, uh, when, we first, when I first started high school, for example, I loved drawing and art and we went into our art class, I've told you this story before, and we all had to draw something in the first lesson and then the teacher went around and said, yes, no, yes, no, yes, yes, no to people. And if you got a no, that was it. You weren't allowed to do art anymore. And I was a no. So it's not something that I've ever really pursued in my life. But at the time, I loved it. I really loved it. And these yeah. things, we could see them as small, but that is a huge thing, isn't it? I mean, I feel really sad when I imagine that you there with that, with that, you know, that passion and that interest and that love, and then just to be like, no, you don't get to do that. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, my heart goes out to that young you and all the children who've experienced that, which is, you know, so many of us. Yeah, yeah. There's just so many examples, aren't there, where we lose our choice, we lose our autonomy, we lose our agency, because... You know, sometimes it's because we're told we're not good enough. Sometimes it's because we're told uh, it's just not not available. Sometimes it's, we're told it's not a good combination with the other things that we've chosen to do. And um, and at the same time, that's hand in hand with all the things that you're forced to do that you don't want to do on the other side of the coin. So so many things that were just so boring and, and uninspiring that I was just yeah forced to. Uh, endure and then have exams about and then be graded on and then be criticized because my grades weren't high enough and it was all stuff that I just wasn't remotely interested in pursuing and I've never gone back and looked at since and, and added no value in fact it, it, it did the opposite yes. it took away my love of learning it took away my joy and enthusiasm for exploring things it just made everything feel all learning feel like an ordeal an unpleasant ordeal it's such a huge loss, isn't it? I mean, it's a huge loss of the that natural love of learning. And another thing I think is when I hear you say about, you know, how boring it was and how you just weren't interested. And again, it's something as adults we could go, oh, you know, it doesn't really matter. But if we, if we, I, I reconnected with this recently of actually feeling the experience of boredom, because it's often something we don't get to experience so much as adults because we're often so busy, for example. I mean, unless we do 
um, have a job that's really, you know, that we don't want to be doing that's really boring, but it's really uncomfortable. Boredom mm. as a sensation in the body and as a feeling, it's really, really unpleasant, isn't it? So mm. I mean, imagine all the ways we would have needed to dissociate to some degree or another to actually even not feel the, the, yeah. bore, the absolute boredom and lack of any interest in the topic. Yeah. And at my school as well, I was at a boarding school from a very young age, so there were lots of really strict rules. It was in the UK, which is very um, sort of traditional and um, oh, I, I don't even know how to find the words. Conditioned, colonised. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so the way that I used to cope with the boredom was to start messing about and, and trying to be silly and have fun and, and to create some laughter and some joy and some fun in the whole experience but of course that was never well received and so not only did you have to endure the boredom I then had to endure like, all the punishments associated with being called out of class and being told off for being naughty and for distracting other people and leading others astray and punishments for yeah not complying with that stuff so there are just so many feelings so many feelings that um yeah I'm thinking about the hurts upon hurts upon hurts, isn't it? Like that they stack upon just like so, yeah. so, so much. And again, the fact that this is a culture, it's just like seen as just like how things are and just you just put up with it and it's, you know, not that bad. I think about Alice Miller's work and, you know, it's for your own good. Mm. Just, yeah. So much pain, so much hurt that yeah. we sit with. Yes. And when you think how, you know, where parenting is so beautiful because it teaches us and, and shows us strategies for how to support our children to heal and release from stress and trauma yes so many people in our society are completely oblivious to, to this as a these natural healing mechanisms of, and, and ways to support our children um, but in addition that you're so there's so many children in society who aren't being supported in this way and then not only are they not being supported in this way they're being put daily into an environment which for the majority of children frequently causes so much stress um, all the issues around with peers and, and um, with bullying and, and unkindness between children and, and the effects of that um, all of the all of the many many issues and stresses that come up every day in school um, so yeah they're not on the one hand not being supported with that and being put in an environment which exacerbates and creates more and more of it. It's no wonder that so many adults are struggling so much with their mental health um, and children too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And again, then it's like an invisible thing because it's just not seen because it is seen as just how, you know, just children need to go to school. And um, I, I imagine we both experienced many times, like, you know, uh, when particularly when our children were younger, people in the street or in shops saying, you know, do you go to school? And why don't you go to school? And what do you do? And what do you learn? Do you learn anything? You know, <laughs> all of those kinds of questions, because it is such a pivotal part of the beliefs that children need to go to school to learn and to become adults who can contribute in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And there have been so many times where my children have been with strangers or, or my family where they're like, oh, you're homeschooled. Oh, OK. Do you, do you know your times tables? What would seven by seven times nine be? And all this sort of weird stuff that you would never ask a child who's at school. You have to demonstrate that in spite of the fact you're not in that environment, you're still learning in a way that is culturally considered to be appropriate and, and um, proper. It's bizarre, isn't it? So many times. And my children did get to the stage where we they would have a laugh about it. And you know, when my if my family would start asking them questions, my kids would say, you know, are you appropriately qualified to be testing my knowledge? <laughs> <laughs> because we just wanted a way to respond with, you know, because it happened so often and it was so it felt so unpleasant. And you don't necessarily want to get into a conversation where you say, well, actually. There are lots of different ways of learning and there are lots of different types of intelligence. And we believe you don't want to necessarily have that question. So we just used to respond with a sort of joke about, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't demonstrate unless you're a proper teacher. I can't actually show you what I've learned. <laughs> 
Yeah, we used to have a, we got to a point where people would do all the usual questions around, you know, what are they doing and what are you teaching? How is it to teach? And, I, and we would often end up just saying, we just do whatever we want, wherever we want, because that, I just wanted to kind of almost mm -hmm. be a little bit like of a pattern interrupter, like to really help people see that, yeah, maybe there are different ways of thinking about it. So Yeah, yeah. But I also noticed there were times when I would deliberately, um, play into the narrative in order to not make people feel uncomfortable and looking back I'm sad about that now but there were times when I would say things like <clears throat> people would ask me oh your children on holiday do they get a break during the school holidays and I would say things like oh we homeschooled so my, my kids whole life is a holiday but it wasn't in a sort of celebration of the fact that we were homeschooling vibe it was more in a oh, the whole life's a holiday uh, kind yeah, of thing. yeah so yeah yeah, so even though I was outside of it, I still found myself feeling at times that I had to play into it too. Yes. Oh, yeah, me too. I really, I really had that. And But for me, I think it's that journey, and you know, it's often called unschooling, but I don't really like the word school at all. But, you know, that unconditioning or deconditioning process, isn't it? That just take, mm -hmm. like, for me, it took so many years to unravel and unlayer and to see that what I hadn't seen before. It's a really profound journey, isn't it? That, yeah. that process. Yeah, and unlearning is exactly the right word, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's through, um, it's mainly for me being just through seeing my children thriving and, and learning and, um, yeah, benefiting so much from the freedoms and the, the opportunities that they've had that I've been able to get clarity about that de-schooling process. But I do remember somebody once saying to me, in fact, I read a book about de-schooling that was quite interesting. Okay. I, quite yeah. like, I like to de-school, I like to study. I know, to I know, I love that. <laughs> um, and she was saying it takes a month for every year that your child has been at school in order to really, you know, fully embody and appreciate and trust how different things can be. I mean, I don't know, that seems a bit of an arbitrary number, but I just thought it was quite helpful to think that, yeah, it's a long process. It's a long process to get out of that conditioning. Yeah. Well, it took me way longer than that. And my kids never went to school. It's just my own process. But yeah. I even remember it was probably only maybe four or five years ago when I was actually having some sessions with someone around this where I actually finally got, oh, the, around reading and writing. I'd still had in my mind that reading and writing is a superior form of learning to any other kind you know chatting having conversations and she was explaining like you know why schools need to use reading and writing because there are bigger groups and so on in order to actually measure or writing in particular in order to be able to measure and ascertain what a child's learning and if you're at home chatting you don't need that and it and it again it was just like another oh my gosh I have been valuing reading and writing as somehow superior and I just really love that moment of valuing every form of learning and you know literally like sewing is as important as um you know high level maths or you know just to really really I, I see that's such a pivotal um form of conditioning in this culture that so related to class and all kinds of isms isn't it around yeah the the, the intelligent people are the people who can do a certain kind of set of things it's so culturally um I don't even have the word for it, but that, yeah. that was really pivotal. And that took many, you know, so that was after many, many, many years of my kids not going to school. That I finally got that. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. I love it. It's like there's that hierarchy of, of learning in terms of the value of the different yes. types. And like you say, right at the top is, you know, that sort of maths and reading and writing and, and all of that kind of very um, intellectual type learnings and then lower towards the bottom would be other forms and so it, it's really shifted so that it's become just the spectrum now for me of, of all the different things that we can do and all the different things we can be interested in and all the different things that we can learn and there's no thought that one thing is better than another thing it's just about what is it that you're interested and inspired to learn and wherever that falls on that spectrum and whatever type of learning that is involved in acquiring those skills is of equal value yes I was going to say that of equal value there's something so profound about that isn't there yeah. really yeah. 
And it yeah. strikes me this is where where parenting it goes so well with because to me these are all ways that the culture I think over millennia have uh, you know valued the mind over the body, who um, you know valued mind over feelings. So of course any and over a you know embodied experience or so anything that's as most um, separate from actual embodied experience is often valued the most, which is why I'm thinking you know like high level maths I can't even think of the word of it but you know but those kinds of things that are most away from just lived daily experience are the most valued and that's what our culture has done and that's what is often you know in in jobs and careers is still often valued most and people get most money (laughs) to that kind of stuff whereas actually the embodied experience of cooking or caring for children or caring for other humans or um, the garden all those things that are so part of natural life and indigenous cultures and what we all came from are seen as lacking in value and it's so it's so relevant isn't it to the learning journey and the unconditioning process yeah absolutely and with aware parenting that um has shifts shifts the focus so much into us bringing our awareness regularly to our bodies and to our children and to how they're feeling and how we're feeling and that having them at home where they're in an environment where those things are so highly valued allows them to learn to develop that really deep close connection with their bodies and their feelings too Um, and so yes it's again it's not only being an environment where that's not seen as valuable but it's also being an environment that's really encouraged and and supported and allowed to to flourish and that then goes on to create so many advantages for our children to have that close connection to to their bodies and what their needs are and what they're feeling in any one moment and 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 what they need and to rest when they need to rest and to eat when they need to eat and to drink enough water when they're feeling thirsty and to um yeah, just to be deeply connected to that is so important for their wellness and their, their well-being as adults. And that's not something that took me years and years and years to, to develop. And I'm still going to the end of the day and realising that I haven't drunk a single glass of water today. <laughs> but my kids are so much more closely um, connected to all that stuff already, which is just a real another bonus, isn't it? Yeah, it's so amazing, isn't it? Such a difference. I see that. And, and there's something as well that's so related is the unwillingness to do things that are not a fit for them. I just see that for both of my you know, my son and my daughter, as I say, that deep trust in their timing and their unwillingness to do anything until it's they're you know completely ready and willing yeah. to do it. It's just really amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And that aware parenting um, feeds into that so well, doesn't it? Because you know, often the things that might be getting in the way of them being ready to do things might be feelings or it might be our worries and our concerns too. So by addressing all of that and listening to ourselves and by um, listening to our children and putting loving limits in place when we feel that that's an appropriate thing to do and, and doing lots of attachment play gets everything out of the way that might be getting in the way yes. so that they then can really be connected deeply to their own timing and their own um, desires about things without um, accumulated feelings, for example, being the thing that's preventing them from taking the next step in something that they're interested in. So, yeah. Yeah, such pivotal knowledge, isn't it, to, to have as a parent to understand mm-hmm. that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was remembering the other thing I wanted to share right at the beginning was another pivotal moment of um, watching the documentary called Schooling the World. Um, it's, I think it's the, the subtitle or the next bit is um, the, the white man's last burden or something like that. And again, uh, just really seeing on a bigger picture level what schooling around the world does. I think they had um, you know, people in, do you remember where, which country it was that they were sharing? I mean, there were several they visited several different communities, so I'm not sure which one. I can't remember. I remember which one I'm remembering, but just um, seeing the the girl that was sharing about when if she ever spoke in, in um, not in English that she spoke in her her native tongue that she would be punished and just feeling horrified. But again, seeing that that is that's what's happened all around the world in terms of part of that colonization process. It would have happened originally, you know, to to all folk and just the 
you know, the horrificness of that and mm -hmm. seeing that again, that schools aren't, I think schools are often seen as, this, as we said, as this great thing that's, that's passing down things, but often it's passing down cultural beliefs from, from the colonizers to all, you know, all around the world and just really painful. I really remember watching that several times, crying and again, seeing what I hadn't seen, which is again, I think often that, um, that colonized perspective of, you know, let's go and just pass around. We, we, we know best. So we'll just help that, you know, those poor other people who don't know what we know, just rather than actually that innate and wonderful learning that is happening in those, in each of those cultures and the language and the history and the, and the valuing of the things, you know, the cooking and the, and the weaving and the tilling the land and all of those things that again, seeing, um, I remember seeing some of the scenes, the, elders actually also starting to not value what they did and hearing them say oh I don't know anything you know go and ask my grandson you know he knows how to read and write and just the you know I want to cry when I think about that the, the loss of valuing of all these beautiful in wisdoms that have been passed down for generations yeah yeah such so much trauma in that disconnection from your culture and yeah, and I mean, poignant today as we're recording this, the day after what is celebrated by many in Australia as Australia Day. Um, yeah, that's a really poignant time where we um, remember the, the trauma and the ongoing generations of trauma that people have in Indigenous cultures all over the world have suffered as a result of that colonization. Yeah, and that school was such a crucial vehicle for that to happen yeah. yeah yes and for me seeing that in that that cultural perspective seeing that that's still what's happening in schools that are already very colonized like that those kinds of things are still happening yeah. on a perhaps a smaller level so yeah, yeah. <sighs> ouch <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yeah it's such an it's such a different perspective isn't it yeah, I think I'd love to name then as part of that because because um, school is so culturally the the norm, the the bigness of actually stepping outside of that and unconditioning and actually also aiming to do that still within a culture that is um, holding those beliefs. So often in ways where we perhaps don't have easy access to lots of other people who are doing something similar and how how hard that can be because it's so yeah. important to have that kind of support and community you know that's what we're designed to have yes yes and, and all the judgments that people experience when they've made those choices and, and yet how hard it is to to continue to make those choices and and how beautiful it is to be modeling to our children uh, I think I said this last time we were talking but about how um, by doing this not only are our kids getting all the benefit of, of living this way, but we're also demonstrating to them every day that, that you can make different choices. You can, just because this is the norm that everybody else does, it's okay to consider. It's okay to always think about the choices that you're making in your life. And even if this is what's expected of you, is this what you want? And if this isn't what you want, then you can always make a different choice to do things differently. So they really... Um, they deeply um, embody and learn learn this 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 aspect, this really important aspect, which is such a crucial part of for all of us to to be to feel that we have freedom and autonomy and agency in our lives, and to show that we actually do, even though often we may not. And that's particularly poignant now as well, given what's going on in the world and so many people being. Um, coerced and um, compelled to comply with um, things that they may not be happy to be doing at all. Yes. Um, it's so valuable for our children to, to know and to be shown by our behavior and our choices that they do have a choice and that they do have agency wherever, wherever they can find it over their lives and they, are, they do get to decide for themselves. 
So vital, isn't it? I, you know, I call those will needs in the Marian method. And just again, the, the, the cultural conditioning, the more we've experienced it in our lives that we didn't get to choose and we, the more we've needed to disconnect from those will needs and um, the more hurts that we've had where we haven't, you know, the will hurts where we haven't had choice and agency and autonomy and we haven't had the opportunity to express the, the frustration and the outrage and the powerlessness related to that the the easier it is to then be coerced more or to believe that we don't have choice in every position which is again why i think you know the the cultural conditioning doesn't want people to see that they have choice it doesn't want people to know that they um they are actually way more powerful than they're led to believe in this culture which again why i think you know the natural learning journey is so um you know it's powerful social change in action yeah. isn't it Yes, it really is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yes. Mm, yeah. That's that's what I see as well, that children who've had more choice, the more choice they've had, the less like the less willing they are to be coerced, the less willing they are to do things that they're not willing to do. I mean, it's because they know they're still really deeply connected with that in their bodies, what their yeses and no's are. Yeah. Yes, and the more mindful that they their choices are with whatever they choose to do they're making choices sort of mindfully and deliberately rather than just automatically going on with what's expected of them or what they're being told to do they're deciding for themselves um, and often my children make choices which are not the choices that I would make um, and sometimes that's quite hard because you know on the one hand I really want my children to be free but on the other hand I want them to do what I want them to do I remember seeing a, a funny thing when my um, kids were little saying, uh, you know, I want my children to grow up to be free thinking adults, but I wish they'd just do a bit less of that right now. <laughs> but there is that whole aspect to it. So that, yeah, by giving them this freedom and these, um, these skills to be able to, to deeply connect with themselves and then make their choices from, and from awareness and mindfulness, sometimes those choices are, are not what we would choose for them. And we have to then listen to our feelings about that. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah. So then it brings up our stuff again, doesn't it? About that you should do what you're told, or you know. So yeah, it's just an ongoing process that deconditioning. Yes. And I noticed us both laughing quite a bit there. So I was still having feelings to release <laughs> around that. I, I, yeah, and I definitely remember younger, well, still now, sometimes like, wouldn't it be nice just if they just sometimes just did what I said, like, you know, which, uh, you know, behaviorism, I imagine it's really nice as a parent sometimes just go, just go and do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, but also being so grateful that they're not, they're not willing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's so many opportunities then for us to, yeah, to heal to heal our stuff by listening to what comes up for us and why, why we are. And that's another thing I love so much about aware parenting is <clears throat> all the times that we have big reactions to things our children are doing. And it's such a beautiful invitation, isn't it, to, to go in and explore a bit more and to unpack another, another layer of our stuff and to um, then not burden our children with that. Yes, so many could we could laugh about that as well. So many opportunities. <laughs> Healing hurts really just um very generous in that <laughs> this process is really generous in the, the amount of opportunities it gives us to to, to revisit past hurts. Yeah. And the schooling is a particular, you know, so many of us. I mean, how many of us had our needs met at school? How many of us got to express while we were at school how we were feeling? How many of us were unconditionally listened to while we experiencing pain and, and wounding and suffering at school? I'd say probably zero. So there are so many times um, in the process of, of homeschooling and natural learning and supporting our children with natural learning that, that we have opportunities to finally get to heal and, and to release those painful feelings that we've been carrying around with us for 40 years or more. So it's so... It's such a beautiful, it, it meets our needs in so many ways, doesn't it? Yes, yes. So as people listen, I wonder if you connect in. And again, I think it can be easy to have 
kind of dissociated or to brush aside those things or just to normalize them you know it's just the way things were we just didn't get to choose we just were told off we were just our work was marked you know we didn't we did things that we didn't want to do we didn't get to do what we did want to do we needed to get up at a certain time and eat a certain time and go to the toilet a certain time all of those things even just to dip in a little bit to to places where we might feel the feelings that we would have felt as those younger people and how Painfully, it's, I know for me, it's been so, there's been so much hurt to feel. And so I remember moments of even, not even with teachers, like teacher moments, but also with, as you say, with other children who are also passing on hurts with each other so often mm-hmm. in that school environment, the, the really harsh things that happen. It's just really a lot of pain. A lot, a lot of pain. And so often people say, well, you know, I'm going to send my children to boarding school too because I turned out all right. That's that, that, that sense that there is another way that allows, allows your children not to experience all those hurts and allows you to heal from all those hurts at the same time. Um, yeah, it's just a win-win really. Isn't it? It's such a win-win. It really yeah. is. Uh, also thinking about um, working with women and mentoring women around their entrepreneurial journey and seeing so often, you know, things coming up around, you know, the common things that show up, you know, who am I to do this? Or I'm not good enough or my work isn't good enough or someone else is better or, you know, I can't do it. All of that stuff. And for me, so much of that comes in and not all of it, of course, but so much comes from the, that school Mm-hmm. um those school experiences of all of those things yes you know our work being marked told we're not good enough told we can't do do it and so and so can do it but we can't and just all the stuff that shows up when we actually are adults wanting to do what we love wanting to make a difference wanting to contribute our gifts to the world and how often those school hurts show up mm-hmm. when we're on that journey and how normal and natural that is for them to show up to be healed and to be heard yeah, and I love the fact that my children's life has been free of all that. And I see so many advantages for them to have lived like that. Yes. Um, and not to have felt that, you know, there's something wrong with them if they get a 60%, not a 70%, or that they're not as good as so-and-so, and therefore they're less <laughs> less worthy. They just, my children haven't had any of that, yes. any of that stuff where they've felt, um, you know, judged and valued and that they're, that their contribution and their awesomeness is somehow quantifiable. It's just been so nice not not to have those experiences for them. Yeah, it's almost unthinkable, isn't it, to those of us who have gone to school, like, wow, I wonder what that actually would have been like. <laughs> and the yeah. other thing I think, you know, if I see with my son and daughter is that they haven't, they've experienced so few hurts with other people that are their kind of age group, like whereas they just had so much, they just... It's something I've experienced in the in the homeschooling and natural learning communities where there's so much acceptance of difference and you know uh, often you know each person just really being their own uniqueness you know almost like a quirky way like everyone owning their quirks because that's what makes us different and nobody yeah. being outcast or judged or um, just like everyone being welcomed as as they are and to me that again is like almost and I, I can almost not imagine that what that would be like to grow up <laughs> with that kind of like really there's no there's no in group there's no cool group there's no like need to wear a certain kind of clothes to to fit in or believe a certain thing or like a certain type of music or any of that stuff it's like just to, to be free to actually like what you like and not like what you don't like and to still be loved and included in you know with a set of friends that's just such an amazing thing I think yeah yeah and at any time things come up in communities when children are together that they're, they're dealt with by loving, caring parents who, who want to support their children. And so they don't have that. Not only do they not have those daily events at school, which are painful and unpleasant, they also any time that anything comes up that is difficult, it's, it's dealt with and the feelings are heard and it's not, there isn't the same shame and there's no, there's no punishment and there's no blaming and all of those all of those awful things that go alongside it all at school so yeah so powerful for them Mm. yay (laughs) yeah and there's so often times that things come up and I say and I I experience feelings of oh you know I'm not good enough or so and so is better than me or whatever and 
you know, I, I speak to my children and they're just, they're just like, but mum, you know, no, you know, why would you even think like that? Because it just is so alien to them because yeah. it's not, it's not part of their experience. So yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Observing those things. Another thing I've really noticed with, with my two is that they're, if they if they really want to learn something, they will just keep going. They don't they don't go into any kind of um, they don't even really get that frustrated, and they don't, certainly don't have any kind of self judgments around it, or and they don't give up. Like even just a simple thing. Do you remember those those little um, plastic puzzles, and they have like the numbers one to fifteen, and you need to scribble around yep. to get the order. And I mm-hmm. I think I've done that maybe twice in my life, and I get really frustrated really easily, and and I. I I went with my daughter and we learned pottery together and I had so much stuff come up around not being able to do it old feelings old internalized judgments and I could just see that she didn't have that at all and with this number thing both of them they they just sit there for however long it took until they did it they just the willingness because there was none of that big feelings and cultural conditioning hurts and it just do it until they did it and then they could both just do it in like seconds both of them because because there was not all that stuff getting in the way of them actually just doing things. And again, just seeing those kinds of things helps me see how different it is to not grow up with all the hurts and all the judgment, all the marking and all the, this is the right way and this is the wrong way, all of that stuff. It's so yeah. fundamentally different in terms of then their capacity to, to do what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. And to do it with ease and to do it with fun and to do it with joy and to do it with so much enthusiasm and, and all of those other things that haven't been beaten out of them by being an environment that, that, that discourages all that. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the only time that my children have had real frustrations and judgments and issues around learning has been when I've been doubting the and, and I've been caught up in it. So perhaps before uh, the moderator visit and I suddenly go, oh, God, write something and do some maths. And yes. <laughs> You're yes. coming to be judged. Yes. And it's bringing up so much stuff for me. Yes. And that's when they sit down and start. And I start saying, no, you have to do this and you oh. must do this. And then they sit down. And that's the only time that they're really yeah. frustrated or have judgment of themselves, of their skill and ability in it. Otherwise, it, it just doesn't come up. Yeah. I'm so with you, Josh. Those have been some of the most painful parenting moments I've had and I've shared recently, but just because all my conditioning came up around mm. in just school, basically, and I have to do that and I have to show this. And if I don't, I'll be, you know, chucked out. <laughs> just yeah. all the stuff, the, just so much pain. And I really did some unenjoyable things to my kids in those, just mm. before those, each of those visits until, until, um, you know, I did quite a lot of healing around it, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I used to write, I used to feel so stressed and I used to write this report and spend hours writing reports and translating what we were doing yes. into learning speak so that I yes. would have something to show the moderator and I would get stressed. And then I felt really yuck. I felt so horrible about the whole experience because it felt really inauthentic and that what we were doing in itself somehow wasn't, that I was somehow ashamed of, of what we were doing. It wasn't good enough. And, and I hated showing that side to my children too so I love the fact that I mean we've had really good moderators so we've been really lucky and families who homeschool their children who are also our moderators and all um, people who respect and value natural learning so that's been really great but um, I love the fact that last year when the moderator came I just said I, I haven't put anything together for you in writing um, but I'm really delighted to share with you all the different things that we've been doing this year and to talk about it and my kids were there too and I and, it just felt really great to be finally able in a place where I could say, yep, here's who we are and we are thriving. Yes. And thanks for coming to visit us, but we really don't need you. But we're yes. really happy to tell you all the wonderful things that we do if, if you want to hear about it. And then if you want to tick some boxes, then be my guest. We're not, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I so have such a similar experience, isn't it? It's like the moderator visits are the, that process of healing the hurts and, and deconditioning. And it's really representative in terms of how the, the amount and type of preparation beforehand. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And the amount of feelings beforehand. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. 
be nice to start all over again almost now wouldn't it like I can imagine (laughs) just being a parent of like you know a baby again now and just with just be so different which is I'd love to segue into you know one of the reasons that inspired us to do another one of these again now is that we are um, starting our aware parenting and natural learning community on the 1st of February 2022 and um, part of I think what called us to do this was but how amazing would it have been to have had um, a community where there were some people in it who who had done this amount of healing around their own hurts who had experienced this for a long time who had unconditioned a lot around all of this stuff and could actually um support you know for me personally like gosh if I could have seen some of these things way before it would have saved me a lot of stress and a lot of pain and a lot of actually you know passing down unenjoyable things to my kids so um that was part of the one of the reasons that inspired us to go let's set up a community let's support other parents who are perhaps a little bit newer on the journey or just who want to connect with other families who love aware parenting and natural learning and let's you know hang out and be together mm. yeah I love it I'm so excited about it and like yeah I also feel if, if only I'd had me now <laughs> exactly, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> supporting me in the process it just would have been so much easier but I love I love what we're creating and, and all the different topics that we're going to explore and all the different um, aspects of aware parenting and natural learning that we're going to look at and and just to providing a space where yeah like you say we can connect with like-minded families who also value um, all of these things, value listening to feelings, value playing with our children as as a huge part of their learning, value allowing our children the freedom to explore what they want to do, value setting loving limits when we're getting stressed out about screen time or, you know, whatever it is, doing that in an environment, in a supportive environment with like-minded people who who can um, share the challenges and um, celebrate the 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 moments where it all feels wonderful and yeah I just think it's going to be such a great such a great community and I mean I I was fortunate to have a good community all the way through our homeschooling but not a not a large community of people who understood the aware parenting and for me the aware parenting is such a crucial part of the natural learning um and the I mean the whole when I first was learning about the unschooling um sort of movement the, the the thing that I always Felt was missing was that aware parenting piece around around listening to feelings and around um, loving limits and all those kinds of things that are so crucial so to combine those two things together is just going to be yeah so helpful for people I, I know I'm, I'm really excited about it <laughs> yeah. yeah me too so and um, to show a bit more it's going to be 12 months journey and then at the so back in back forwards in January 2023 we're going to revisit and see what wants to happen we imagine it will continue long term and we have topics each month which include some of the things we've talked about today but also you know for anyone at any time who wants to come and be sharing and exploring and receiving empathy and support for anything that they're traveling in their aware parenting and natural learning journey will be there to get empathy and offer um, support and suggestions and you know there'll be live elements so there are uh, Facebook lives and zoom calls and a Facebook group and yeah just lots of yumminess yeah and I'm really looking we're going to do the um, quarterly zoom community calls as well where we're going to get everybody will have the opportunity to to really participate in that and and share and contribute and I'm really looking forward to those too um and already we've got so many wonderful women in the community who are just amazing. And some of them are right at the beginning of the process with really young children and wanting to explore this way as their children get older. And some of them have been doing it for ages. So there's so much beautiful variety and experience and knowledge or in the group already. Um, it's just going to be great. And I just particularly love it when people say, you know, my six month old, um, this is what we want to do and we're joining the community now and I just think that's such a big part of it isn't it that de-schooling thing as well of seeing learning happening from the moment of birth or, or even before right up to what I'm now doing I'm still doing in my life and, and you know it, it's just a it's a it's a lifetime's journey it's not just from yes. when your children start at kindy till they leave year 12 yes. so yeah I love that aspect of it too 
Yeah, me too. Yeah, even that is just sharing about that. I know some people have got, oh, yes, like it doesn't start at five or three and doesn't finish at eight, 16 or 17 or 18. It's just like that is all part of the cultural conditioning that, that the, the process of natural learning happens right from day dot until however long you count um, in her life for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything else that you would love to say before we finish for today? Um, I, do, I love the fact that when we were talking to Aletha recently, she was talking about how how uh, well where parenting doesn't actually um, specify that you need to be natural learning and to keeping your kids out of school. She she was so um, positive about the the group, wasn't she? And about the 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 natural partnership that exists between natural learning and aware parenting. And again, I, I regularly go back to her principles of learning article that just just goes through all those. Um, different aspects that are so important to, to remember in terms of, of learning and what learning looks like and, and all the different ways that learning happens and um, yeah I was so delighted to see her enthusiasm and her um, yeah support that was really really nice yes 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 yeah so grateful to Letha Sutter and her, her work and aware parenting and oh my gosh so 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 wonderful mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested, you can find out more on our website. So mine is marionrose.net. Yours is Joss. Mine is um, awareparenting.com.au. Mm, yum. And also Joss is an aware parenting instructor and you offer uh, one-on-one sessions as well. So. Yeah, I've been doing some regular sessions with people about um, natural learning for a while, but I'm hoping they're going to they're be part of the group now. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I do um, sessions with um individuals one-to-one in person and on zoom and sessions with couples where when there's not everyone's always on board which is often a particular issue with homeschooling sometimes one person in the family is really into into it and excited about it and the other isn't or one person really um, supports and understands natural learning and the other person is much more um traditional and in, in their thinking about what learning looks like and that can often be quite painful and difficult for people so that's something else that we'll address in the group too about you know doing this when without the support of lots of others in the wider community and in the the narrower community too in your families so yeah yeah Mm, love all that you're doing Joss and I love what we're going to be doing together so excited and delighted and it seems like perfect timing doesn't it so thank you perfect timing so many people are taking their kids out of school because of all the restrictions and not wanting their children to be having to wear masks in the classroom and all that kind of thing so it's a really perfect time to be supporting more and more families with this and I love that it's something that's growing more and more and that people even people who've been very happy with school up till now and are now taking the step to actually pull their children out of school and will be discovering all the joys that that's going to bring that they're not even aware of yet and their children's life is going to be so much better Um, and at the moment they're probably all just feeling very stressed and anxious about being forced to make this decision but actually I love I'm going to I love watching how that will transform into so much excitement and uncovering of all the different advantages yes I've yeah. seen many families I wonder if you have two who've um who've really wanted to homeschool for some while and be like I really want to and, and this has actually been the, the impetus for them to go yeah okay we're doing it so yeah yeah yay Thank you. <laughs> and it's so beautiful doing it together Mary and I think oh if I think back now to when we first connected like 16 years ago and if I'd had any idea that we would be here now 16 years later doing this together oh it's just so wonderful and I'm so grateful for everything that you've done to support me on this journey and in this process and to be at a place where I can now support others thanks to your support too pleasure and an honor and I'm so glad that you're here doing what you're doing because you know the wisdom that exudes out of you is so amazing so thank you thank you thank you Mm, well so much love to you just so much love to our listeners and um yeah if you're interested we'd love to include you and have you on board and if not then sending love to you on your journey and um talk to you next time lots of love